<clears throat> Psalm 31. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Never let me be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thine ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock, for in a house of defense to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy namesake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net that they have laid privily for me. For thou art my strength. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. They have hated, I have hated them that regard lying vanities, but I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, for thou hast considered my trouble, thou hast known my soul in adversities, and hast not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. Thou hast set my feet in a large room. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. For I am in trouble. Mine eye is consumed with grief. Yea, my soul and my belly. For my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. My strength faileth because of mine iniquity and my bones are consumed. I was a reproach among all mine enemies, but especially among my neighbors and uh, I was a fear to mine acquaintance. They that did see me without fled from me. I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am like a broken vessel. For I have heard the slander of many. Fear was on every side. While they took counsel together against me, they devised to take away my life. But I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my God. My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. Make thy face to shine upon thy servants. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon thee. Let the wicked be ashamed. Let them be silent in the grave. Let the lying lips be put to silence which speak grievous things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. Oh, how great is thy goodness which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. For thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man. Thou shalt keep them strictly, or secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has showed me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my supplications when I cried unto thee. O oh, love the Lord, all ye saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Heavenly Father, we pray that as we look at just a very few small bits of this wonderful psalm, we pray that we might find something that can be a blessing to the Christian heart. May we bring glory to our Savior as we apply these things. Direct us, we pray this evening, in Jesus' name. Amen.
Nearly every verse of this psalm is worthy of a sermon by itself. There are several of these, of course, that refer to the Lord Jesus, and Christ referred to them from time to time. We could, since this is December 31st, tomorrow is New Year's, we could take several verses and come up with thoughts for the beginning of a new year. For example, there's verse number three. Thou art my rock and my fortress, therefore for thy name's sake lead me and guide me. I know some of you like to use that navigation system that's built into your car. Just about every time you get in, when you're going to some place you're not familiar with, you punch in the address and then your navigation system tells you how to get there from point A to point B. But December 31st, 2024, isn't just a destination. It isn't the end of 366 day journey. Yes, 366 this next year. Uh, it, is, it is an entire journey. Each day is a step toward the last day of the year. And the Lord willing, we'd love to see him come for us all. But assuming that he doesn't come in this year, the Lord willing, we're all here a year from now. But what will the journey involve? How many valleys will we drive through? How many times will we have to drive that uh, vehicle? How, how do electric vehicles do in fording rivers? I've never thought about that. Uh, we don't know what the journey is going to take us through. We don't know how the problems are going to come. But we do know that the navigation system that we have in our cars probably is not going to tell us about patches of ice on the road. That navigation system isn't going to tell us if two cars have collided up, uh, up a ways. It's not going to tell us whether or not there's been an avalanche on the pass. Those things we're going to find out for ourselves. How important it is to have the omniscient Jehovah as our guide. Thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me, guide me. And then there's verse number eight. Thou hast set my feet in a large room. Interesting poetic language. We don't know exactly how large that room in 2024 is going to be. It could be 366 square yards. Or it could be 366 square feet. That's not a small room. That's basically, if I do my math right, it's 20 by 20, something like that. But David's talking about a large room where lots of things could be stored away. Large enough for uh, all of the, the, the blessings that God has planned for us. And we'll find a few problems to put into that room as well. David was confident that the Lord had given him a large room in which to live and to move and to have his being. Verse 19. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee. I believe that as the sovereign God, Jehovah has already put into this large room things that he intends for us to have. They are laid up. That is, they are set aside there for us. They're on shelves. 
with dates on them perhaps. January 12th, such and such. March 3rd, birthday party, whatever. Oh, it's a big birthday party on March 3rd, isn't it? <laughs> 75. Uh, anyway, that's another matter. Not everyone's wise enough to use all those things that the Lord has laid out for them. Uh, in fact, none of us are really smart enough to do properly, handle properly all of the things that God has put into that room. How we need the Lord even to enjoy what the Lord has given to us. Yes. We need the Lord to enjoy what the Lord has given to us. Oh, how great is thy goodness which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee. Since we can't dwell on all that is contained in this psalm, I thought I'd just start with verse number 15. My times are in thy hand. David's life was in the hand of the omnipotent, living, loving, heavenly father to that child of God. And so is the life of every one of the children of God who are here this evening. My times are in thy hand. In many ways, 2024 doesn't look particularly bright. There's going to be a federal election this year. Remember what happened the last time? Mm, kind, of, kind of a disaster. What will the economy do? How many of us are going to suffer economically in one fashion or another? I have no idea. We don't know. As we hear more and more of our acquaintances going through tribulations, we wonder if those tribulations might fall on us. And I'm not talking about the tribulation, just difficulties, problems with the uh, way our society is spiraling downward. Can we expect it to turn around and start to, uh, rising and being better place for us to live? Not likely, not hardly. The older I get, the more that I see my peers are dying off. In this past year, some of us have looked problems in the face, disasters in the face. And who's to say there won't be even more, worse problems in the year coming up. But, but, the Lord is there. We don't need to be despondent. We don't need to worry about it. The Lord who loves us is already there. He has prepared that room. And he has filled that room with the things that he would like us to have. We just need to enjoy what he's got for us. My times are in the hand of the Lord. This gives the Christian a decided advantage over the rest of the people of this globe. The materialist says, my times are in the hand of, of evolution and education and the economy. And the atheist says, my times are in the hands of chance and fate. The humanist says, my hands are in my own hands. My time is controlled by me. The average American says, my hands are in the hands of governmentally controlled circumstances. The price of this drug and the way the economy goes, whatever. You probably know the old spiritual which says, referring to the Lord, 
He's got the whole world in His hands. He's got the whole world in His hands. Actually, the Lord has a lot more than the whole world in His hands. He has everything under His control. We don't, be, we don't need to be worried, as they say. We don't need to be worried about 2024. The Lord is already there. He doesn't keep time the way we do. He's already there. I read of a pastor whose garage was badly damaged in a windstorm. He'd often spoken to his neighbor about the Lord. The man was not a child of God. Uh, but after this windstorm, he came over to see the damage and talk with his Christian neighbor. The man asked, is it right for God to send a costly disaster into the life of one of his best servants? Thinking that was some sort of a compliment to the Christian. The Christian replied, well, I don't really know. You see, I'm in sales, not management. I am in the sales business. Policy is not my department. What I have is the scripture. And my purpose is to sell you this scripture. Believe it. The Lord is in control of these things. Now, David could rejoice because the Lord Jehovah was his God. He tells us that several times through this psalm. Verse 14, I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my God. And this God of David was really God. (laughs) Absolutely. The God of so many people is like nothing more than the, the furnace in their house. We rely on the furnace to keep us warm. Into every life, a little uh, uh, rain must fall and some sleet and some snow and the temperatures drop and we have to have, a, have some way of keeping our little house warm. So we have a furnace to do that. And when things get cold, people reach for the thermostat which directs the furnace to add a little heat. Or they throw on another log into the fire or more pellets into that other kind of fire if that's what you've got. Only when things go uncontrollably wrong do we then look to the Lord. As long as we've got a furnace that functions, we don't need the Lord. We'll just carry on. For most people, God is no more or no better than an appliance of some sort. Keep their clothes clean, their coffee hot, and their house warm. Every month they pay the utility bill to keep the fuel pumping into their furnace. And every time that furnace comes on, the house shivers a little bit. But we get used to that and we hear it come on and we rejoice. In fact, we don't even do that. We just ignore it. The furnace is taking care of me. Don't give it a second thought. Seldom do they thank the creator. Seldom do they thank the engineer who put the furnace in the house. Seldom do they thank, no, they actually more likely curse the utility company who keeps raising the rates on the natural gas. But the God of this psalmist wasn't just a thing to keep him warm or safe. He was his living God. Thou art my God. Verse number 13. O Lord, thou art my God, I will exalt thee, I will praise thy name, for thou hast done wonderful things. And looking back on the room that I am just now leaving, with all of those wonderful things, moving into this new room, 
I expect more wonderful things. Turn off the electricity. Turn off the uh, natural gas tonight. The Lord could still give us a burning bush to keep us toasty and warm. Turn off the furnace at our house. The Lord might just pick us up and put us into a burning, fiery furnace with Hananiah and Azariah and Mishael and, and uh, we'd be just, uh, just fine in there. Not burned at all, but nice and warm. Jehovah, the God of fire, He is my God. Furthermore, Jehovah is the ever-present God. Verse 1. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Thy righteousness, not mine. Bow down thine ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock for a house of defense to save me. Reading these words, it's almost as if David is in personal conversation with one who is right beside him. Just speaking with his, his I say it humbly, I say it reverently, with his friend, the Lord. They could converse as friends. Verse 22, I said in my haste, oh how foolish I was, I'm cut off from before thine eyes. And then you step forward and thou heardest the voice of my supplications when I cried unto thee. It's almost as wrong to think of God as by our side as to think of him as being on the other side of the moon. He is one, in a sense, with his children. And we are indwelt by the Spirit. In him we live and move and have our being. And greater is he that is in you that is then that is in the world. And this God of David, this God of ours, is omnipotent. Yes. He has no problem meeting the needs of this coming year. Whatever they might be. Medical. Financial. Bow down thine ear. Verse 2. Bow down thine ear to me, deliver me speedily. Be thou my rock for an house of defense to save me. For thou art my rock, thou art my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Put me out of, pull me out of the net that they have laid privily for me. For thou art my strength. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. And verse 15, my times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. The Lord can deliver from the power of affliction, sorrow, bereavement, temptation, anxiety. Whatever problem you might imagine, the Lord is greater than those problems. He's delivered others from lions, delivered one guy from a whale, Delivered folk from furnaces and, and hurricanes, Mediterranean hurricanes, giants, vast armies. He can deliver us as well, whether it be 2023 or 2024 or whenever. He's not lost any power. How do I know that there is a God? Wake up and look around. Yeah. 
Someone had to put all of this together. Someone manages it still today. There is a Lord. There is a God. The God who holds my times in his hand is powerful enough to defeat any foe. Verse 17. Let me not be ashamed, O Lord. In other words, I put my trust in you. I, I'm, I believe you'll, you'll answer. I have called upon thee. Let the wicked be ashamed. Let him be ashamed. Let them be silent. Let them be silent in the grave. Let lying lips be put to silence, which speak grievous things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. The God that defeated Babylon, the God that defeated the Assyrians can defeat our petty ad adversaries. His power hasn't diminished or even been severely tested. A little girl asked her dad, Daddy, how big is God? His wise reply was, Honey, God is twice as big as you will ever need him to be. Whatever your problem is, the Lord's twice as big as that, and that is being, uh, that's not over the top. Let's just put it that way. My times are in God's powerful hands. Because David had a God, he also had the subject for faith, the substance for great faith. You might think I'm getting things backward. I'm not. The Lord was there before David had faith. He was, in fact, the creator of David's faith. One of the great problems of this religious world is that men's faith have created their gods. What a problem. No wonder there's so many religiously confused people in this world. The faith of the Hindus has developed a God of and through reincarnation. The religion based in Rome has a female demigod created by a false faith. The God that comes out of Utah or, or Mecca. Yeah. Fictitious gods designed after the grossest desires of sinful hearts. In David's case, David's God created David's faith, not the other way around. And in that lays the size of David's faith, because David's God was huge. Much earlier in David's life, I don't know exactly when Psalm 31 was penned, but I would say this was later on. Earlier in David's life, that man looked at monstrous Goliath, and pointed out that he was nothing but a midget in the sight of the huge God that David served. No fear of you whatsoever. Amen. I read of another little girl who was making a long trip all by herself on a train. This was years ago. And she was excited but a little worried at the same time. But she, oh, she was enjoying that journey. Until they started climbing into the mountains and following along the edge of this uh, uh, river. And she put her head out the window and she could see that the tracks were turning this way and all she could see was river. 
Well, she got a little concerned. She thought for sure the train was going to go into the river. She's never been on a train before. But when the train got up to what she had seen, the track turned and the train turned. And lo and behold, there was a bridge that took the train across to the other side of the river. And now it's following the river on the other side. She ran to the other side of her car and she stuck her head out the window and she saw the same thing happening again. This time the, the, the train is going to go into the river because the river is right in front of, of where we are headed. And when she got to that point, no problem. Again, there was a bridge. She did this three or four times. Each time the Lord, or the train, successfully crossed the river. By the, the fifth time, the little, the little girl concluded, somebody's put bridges everywhere I need to go. Someone has put bridges yes. everywhere we need to go. Our times are in God's hands. But of course that's an anthropomorphism a human way of describing God, some way in which we can understand. God doesn't have hands per se, like we have hands. Because as deity, he's not confined to a body as we think of bodies. But even if it were true, the hands of God are infinitely superior to any of the hands that uh, you might imagine. What are stronger? The hands on that clock back there or uh, Benjamin's hands or Ellie's hands. They're, they're not, I don't know if they're back there or not. Uh, Ellie's hands are stronger than those hands on the clock. What are stronger, the hands of one of our little children or, or my hands? Do you think I could hurt Benjamin's hand with a, a good squeeze? It's, it's possible. It's likely. And then on the other hand, what are my hands compared to uh, Steve Kilgard's hands? Mm -hmm. Meh. I'm not going to try to outsqueeze that handshake. The Lord's hands, if we're going to follow the illustration any farther, are stronger, bigger than any hand the world has to offer. Every once in a while, my wife will grab something and wince. Judy has arthritis in her hands, and it's getting worse. It not only weakens her hands, but it causes them sharp pain sometimes. Thankfully, as dependent as I am on my wife, in reality, my hands, or excuse me, my times, are in the hands of the Lord, not my wife, or she's not as dependent on me as she is on the Lord. Some time ago, speaking of Judy, we were watching a basketball game on the television, and the commentator mentioned that one of the players had soft hands. And Judy said, soft hands? I said, I know what the commentator is saying, but I'm not really sure how to describe what it is that he's saying. 
And thankfully, she thought she understood what, what, what was being said. We can say that despite the Lord's omnipotent grasp, he too has soft hands, kind hands, giving hands, supporting hands, uplifting hands. The hands of the Lord are, if I might put it this way, not designed to slap us and smack us around. As children of God, the hands of the Lord are a blessing to us. Yes. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Verse number 16. Is that a reference to the soft hands of the Lord? I don't know what's headed my way in 2024. I'm going to try to tighten my belt as I head into the year. But uh, I know that it's not completely up to me. Even a bit up to me. Despite what I don't know, there's something that I do know. My times are in God's hands. And despite what I don't know about the coming year, I'm not overly concerned. Because I know whom I have believed. I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. And that may be referring to uh, the spiritual part of me. But it shouldn't be confined to that. We should give to the Lord body, soul, spirit, mind. And that which is committed to Him is perfectly safe. Amen. Yes, yes. Please stand up.